and welcome to the Bunkerzilla Film Raw here at Bunkerzilla UK, your place for all the movie news and reviews. So, yes, I am your host, Ian Bolton, and I'm joined, as always, by cinematic partner in crime. It's Christian R. Allen. Hello. Hello. That was that was kind of like a that was like a big build up to your hello. It's kind of like the new. It's kind of like before they had the new uh, view thing with John Boyega. Um, it's basically you, you just have the darkened cinema and then you hear the subtle tones of Mark Strong going, Hello. <laughs> Makes you notice, doesn't it? A little bit of darkness. It heightens the senses. All that sort of stuff. And they always did like different variations of it for certain films. So if it's like a Halloween film, they did like a scary version of Boo. It's like, I'm prepared to step into film. <laughs> If you dare. They even did one for Fantastic Beasts, which was even weirder. It's like, is hello, it, muggles. It, was that the good Fantastic Beasts or the bad Fantastic Beasts? Uh, I've, I've been indifferent towards Fantastic Beasts, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. In, indifference to Fantastic Beasts is, um, seems to be the attitude of the entire world at this moment. Yeah. Except yeah. for the most obsessive potheads. That's the correct term for a fandom. Pothead, right? <laughs> Hello, I'm Harry Potter, and I've got a pot on my head. <laughs> no. Yeah, they're all Devo tribute bands, obviously. It took me years uh, to realise why Devo were wearing pots on their heads. It's the, just the <laughs> the worst uh, costume pun in the history of music, obviously. Uh, uh, we got we got to, to brace ourselves for when the first Fantastic Beasts come out, and we had some new revelations that we just don't care about that's been that's been the harry potter experience since the last book came out yeah i mean it, it, every time jk rowling bless her announces an, an, a new staggering revelation in her novels my attitude is why didn't you mention that in the book it's like it's like disney's <laughs> attitude towards all these star wars subplots that would have actually enhanced their movies yeah it's like, like, like they, they send messages out saying like this is the mythology of this particular planet and this is this is the reason why this this lightsaber holds um, particular significance, and then just everyone on Twitter just goes, "Cool." It's almost like there was an extended universe that was available before <laughs> Disney brought it, and then uh, went, "Nah." I, I would love to talk about Kathleen Kennedy's hubris. With fantastic, yeah, with fantastic beasts, I just imagine J.K. Rowling just picking up an air horn, going outside, and going. Aah! Did you know Harry's favourite breakfast is eggs on toast? That is all. <laughs> and then just shorts back into the house. It's, it's, it's so frustrating. It's, it's, it's really, it feels like facetious virtue signalling that does nothing for no one. It, 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 um, it, it feels, I'm not entirely sure if, if this is the case. I don't know if, if J.K. Rowling is sincere, but... Um, yeah, it just it just feels like she's point scoring to um, yeah. to promote her works, and that comes across as um, uh, tacky egotistical? at best. Egotistical as well. It is, it, I think, I think it, an element of egotism. Um, it's just what, what I like about J.K. Rowling is that J.K. Rowling is the death of death of the author. Okay, so death of the author is a, is, a, is a prescribed theory in um, in English literature. Uh, literature. Studies, which basically says the moment the author finishes writing their story and gives it out to the world, it no longer becomes their product. Mm. Um, it's interpretation and, and cultural extrapolation. 
um, okay. are the, um, you know, it's totally in the hands of the reader. I don't think that's true because the um, the impact J.K. Rowling's had on her novels in retrospect, just because be just by her um, retconning, is is just it's completely 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 just shattered that for me. Mm. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, that's anyway. Not, and again, that's not necessarily true when you get to some fan fictions. So that's completely. <laughs> Well, fan fiction is a whole different level, oh. and it's and it's like there's great fan fiction, there's bad fan fiction, and there's probably the fan fictions that I remember writing, and I do not want to find. Again. I would love to read your old fan fictions. Please do. <laughs> it's like I, I think, like, I think, ever since I, I let slip at a convention that I'd written fan fiction, I went off and I changed my name on the thing so no one could find them. Let me guess. It's Ian Bolton, but with one I and Ian. No, 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 no. Did you change? Think... Did you change your your um, adult fanfic name to Christian Allen? <laughs> yes, my great, my greatest character, Christian <laughs> Allen. <laughs> I am one of your fanfic characters, though. You, 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 for the benefit of our listeners, Ian genuinely recreates all his friends and acquaintances as um, avatars on his wrestling games. And so mm. I, I, I've, I occasionally get tagged on Facebook, like, oh, who's taking a picture of me, despite the fact that I've been in lockdown for two months? And it's just, it's just a WWE 2K57, or whatever they're called, just me with a championship yeah. belt. I do like the way you put me in spandex, the phrase legal tender, and blazed over my ass. I, I basically, I was inspired by the uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, because the Andre the Giant pop vinyl is just basically you in a unitard. Well, the, the, the ironic <laughs> thing is, I am actually to scale with the uh, Andre the Giant pop vinyl. <laughs> just so small. I, I am. I am a so small, feisty. I am a tiny English Andre the Giant. <laughs> I'm Andrew the average size. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I, I, Andrew the average. There we go. You can, uh, you, can, you can interpret that in any way you want, as long as it's funny. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, besides the standard introduction, how are you doing? Oh God, we're recording this. <laughs> I keep making that mistake. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, it's becoming a recurring theme, but I'm genuinely okay. I'm, I'm very comfortable in my lockdown. It's, if, I'm, if you know, this is a nice prison for me. It, it's luxury prison. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Uh, but no, yeah, things are things are fine here. I'm just kind of cracking on bits and pieces. I've started playing The Last of Us. Oh, I've, I've, never, I've never played it. My, my fiance, she was a big fan. I'm I know there's, really a, there's a lot it. of hoo ha over the sequel and all the leaking and the. Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't read, I haven't read too much into it to be perfectly honest. I'm, I'm just I'm kind of. Really, I'm not really hot and sort of like gamer goss to be honest. Yeah, I mean the, yeah, problem, like the problem with me is I'm, I tend to be playing games that are. That either remakes of twenty-year-old games or just playing twenty-year-old games, I am... or just playing Sonic. Yeah, it was... <laughs> or it's like it could be Sonic, it could be Sonic Two, it could be Sonic Three, it could be Sonic Three and Knuckles. So the most recent <laughs> game I've played is Sonic Mania, and mm. that I I know it was released in 2017, 2018. Doesn't feel like a recent release. <laughs> it's a remix, if we're, if we're being honest. Um, I've just completed um, the remake of Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap. Um, which was oh, yeah, a, I remember you mentioned that previously in an episode. Well, I, I bought it to distract myself for the next couple of months, and I hundred percented it in two days. Oh, yeah, I I I, I could not hundred percent this game when I was a child because I I had it on the master system, 
which is that's pre Mega Drive Sega console. Uh, the, I had I had my first console was a Master System. Oh, you too. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, love, I love yeah. My Alex System. Kidd built in. Yes, Alex Kidd is a very good game. Um, and I, I, the Mickey Mouse ports of the Castle Illusion games were very good on the Master System as well. Yeah. But um, it's like there was a nice little sheen to them on the Mega Drive, wasn't there? Yes. Well, there's a thing when, yeah. when I when I jumped from Master System to Mega Drive a few years later, mm. it, it felt like it felt the same uh, to me. Then it was the same as me watching VHS then 4K. Now <laughs> that's the kind of yeah. jump in my head. Not just the colours as well, the soundscape. The sort of, I mean, I, I my favourite game music comes from Mega Drive titles, um, mostly the Sonic games. The Sonic music is phenomenal. It's, it's, it's interesting. Even a bad Sonic game has incredible music. I think I remember playing like the sequel to Castle Illusion. I think it's World of Illusion. Where World it's of Illusion, Mickey, yes. Which is Mickey and Donald Duck sort of running around in these fantasy lands. It's like this is like great uh, two-player fun at the weekends with with your siblings. There, there are some <laughs> just to go on our film uh, theme. Mm. <laughs> the film is the theme of this podcast, right? It is. It yeah. is. Let me just check the name. It, it's a yeah, pro- it's film rule. Excellent. <laughs> there are some there's some surprisingly good Disney video games. Mm. Um, the Aladdin and Lion King games spring to mind. In fact, they've just they've ported the original versions, the Mega Drive yes. versions, onto the Switch. Yes, because there are di- there are two different versions of of the Aladdin game because the SNES version is drastically different from the Mega Drive version. And oh, I remember, really? I think I, got, I think I got a PC port of the Mega Drive version, which is the one with the flying carpet level that goes yeah, up and down. Yeah, the, the good one with yeah. the genie level yeah, as well. Yeah, that's the that's brilliant. the Mega Drive one. And the anim- it's like the animation and, and the sprite work and that is also amazing as well. It's the the music like, is great as well. I mean, it's just based on the, the original movie's music, obviously, was, but having it transposed into a, a Mega Drive. There was a, third, there was a third Mickey game on the Mega Drive. I think it's called Epic Mickey or something like that. I'm, I might be wrong. I think uh, Epic uh, Mickey was a recent game, but I was going to suggest that there's, there's some good Donald Duck games as well. That, um, yes, Quackbusters. Uh, Quack Attack as well, if you ever yep. played that. I played the N64 version, which is very good. Um, but no, if, if you can, I, I would highly recommend the Disney Aladdin. The, the, make sure yep. it's the Mega Drive version you're playing, which I think is the one that's been ported on the Switch. Yeah, And um, the, the Mickey Mouse games in general tend to be of a high quality, and, and the Donald Duck ones as well. But I don't, know if they're, I don't know if they're available at the moment, unless you... Uh, I wouldn't recommend this, but if you... I don't know, somehow somehow to download a ROM uh, <laughs> for mm. an um, uh, emulator of some kind, which, I, which is totally, totally I, legal, obviously. I've got, I've, got, I've got the game now. It's Mickey Mania. Mickey Mania. Mickey Mania, basically you play Mickey, but you play through his greatest hits. So it's like the first the first level of Steamboat Willie. Oh, cool. So it's all in black and white. You're in colour and you're just trying to fight your way through all the classic Mickey cartoons to get yourself back home. So it's like, I think there is a Sorcerer's Apprentice uh, level as well, like from Fantasia and stuff like that. And it's like, again, it's like the fluidity in that. It's like, it, it reminded me when I, because I think I played it at Abanacon uh, briefly uh, last year. And it just reminded me of going back to things like Cuphead. As well, mm. but I, anyway. I've yet to play Cuphead. Um, Cuphead is look- great, but you will get very angry with the game very quickly. <laughs> well, this is the frustrating thing with me. I'm, I'm, I'm um, I don't get road rage, but I get gamer rage. I, I, mm. I, I scream at my uh, my biggest fear is breaking my switch in half. <laughs> Just from that, I get like- so angry. <laughs> yes, like, I've just been. Just- I made the mistake of playing Crash Bandicoot Warped last month and I've had to put it down because I was just I was genuinely getting scared for my Switch's well being. 
Oh, what was it? It's like I've I've managed to play during lockdown. I've played all of the Uncharted games, and it's ba- basically it's for, for for film fans. Basically, it's like your Indiana Jones just for PlayStation, and it's well, great. It's we, great. We've fun. talked about this before because those games they're they're in production hell, aren't they? Um, the film, the, adap- the film, so the adaptation is in the film hell. is. Well, basically, before I think we mentioned it previously on the episode, but yeah, they they were about to do the first day of shooting. Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, shut down because of COVID nineteen. Because <laughs> of all the games, I haven't played them. I've seen I've, my, some of yeah. my friends are obsessed with them, and I've seen the play uh, playthrough, and yeah. those games seem designed to, to be tra- um, adapted to cinema, very much mm. in the same way the the Tomb Raider games were screaming for an adaptation back in the nineties. Yeah, um, and, we've, and there's been there's been three films. I mean, it's like the late the latest Tomb Raider film wasn't too bad, um, but then again, it's like I I don't know what to expect of Tomb. I'm not I wasn't a Tomb Raider fan in the day as well. I mean, I tried playing it, but I never really got into it to be perfectly honest. Mm. But it's like I like I like the ideas behind the newer versions, but again, they're not sort of the games I I go out of my way to play. It's like I think just with Uncharted, Uncharted because it's Naughty Dog. And again, it's like the makers of the the people who did Crash Bandicoot yes. originally and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind and of like and the Last of Us, and the Last of Us. It's like they they build themselves, as, they develop into these amazing storytellers. It's like it's like the jump of story story styling to from Uncharted Three to Uncharted Four is just jaw dropping. Especially and it's and also with the Last of Us as well, um, because yeah, it's like it's like mostly is voice and motion capture actors, but they do a very very good job of making you kind of get into the story and i think there's one moment in uncharted 3 where i kind of it was kind of like a tear up moment because it's kind of like oh this is sweet it's like, it's like especially when you've been playing the games one after the other and you're kind of following the story and you're kind of going ah oh, isn't that sweet and it's like it's like how uncharted 4 the last one sort of finishes up with an epilogue and it's it's kind of like you just kind of go "Ooh, that's quite cool in a way um anyway yeah, video games. Uh, so yes, yeah, so uh, yes, uh, yeah, we're all good. We're all fine. We've had a little chat about movies, a uh, random chat tangents with movies, and random tangents about video games and movies together in one sentence. Delightful. Right, let's move on to some news, and uh, yeah, a little bit of news, a little bit of uh, trailer arrivals, and all that stuff. Where would you like to start off with? Christian? Would you like to start off with the fabled fabled cuts, or would you like to talk about the new Nolan? Uh, let's go for the new Nolan. Because yes, I love I, I I love talking about Nolan. Yes, and I don't uh, like talking about Zack Snyder. So <laughs> it's, it's interesting that these are, these are the two new subjects of the week. When Nolan gave me my favorite Batman movies, and Snyder <laughs> gave me my least favorite Batman movies. Oh well, oh. but yes, uh, new trailer for Tenet has arrived, and uh, it debuted in a very unique way. It arrived on Fortnite. Well, the video game. So, yeah, the video game. So basically, there are, there's a New Island version of the game for the Battle Royale, uh, but it's a it's an island where you don't have to kill anyone or you can't you can't do combat. So it's basically it's party royale. So basically, <laughs> you and your mates can just land on the island and just run around, do little mini games and stuff like that. And they have been doing things like um, they have been doing things like music concerts lately, like with Travis, I think it's Travis Scott. And if you can find the clips on YouTube and look at some of the highlights from the concert, it's really like a psychedelic trip. But the fact is, it works very well with Fortnite. So it's really interesting, uh, and a lot, a, a lot of popular pop culture uh, brands have been intermingling with Fortnite. I mean, uh, Rise of Skywalker. There was a lot of Star Wars stuff coming in. So you had Star Wars avatars. 
Avengers, uh, even one of... I mean, there was a game mode, I think, when Infinity War came out where one of you was Thanos, and basically the goal was everyone had to take down Thanos... Thanos had to take down everyone else, and basically, <laughs> you had you had your, you had your regular sort of avatar, which was like you know just like a couple of couple of inches high on the screen. Thanos takes up nearly half of it. <laughs> it's like it's like ah, oh, perfect balance, <laughs> jumping around. Um, so yeah, Tenet, which is Nolan's brand new film, um, it is due for release in cinemas in July. Um, that is up in the air at the moment because the new trailer has not given the release date. Um, uh, probably understandably, because obviously if some cinemas can't open it, uh, open in time, I think especially with the UK and the US markets, I would not be surprised to see this one being pushed back a couple of months. Um, I think they are bracing themselves for that. But um, no, it is, it's still quite hard to understand what the general plot is on this film. Um, basically, we know that uh, John David Washington, uh, from Black Klansman. Uh, he's playing uh, a lead. He's, he is this sort of uh, secret agent or something like that who's looking to find a certain individual played by Kenneth Branagh just by using the word tenant. Um, I think, it's, yeah, I said it right. <laughs> it's like before before we start recording, it's like, is it tetnet or tenant? <laughs> I, 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 think, I think I've come to the, it's, it's tenant, like David Tennant, only without the N yeah. at the end. So it's David yes. Tennant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to call yeah. the film David Tennant from now on. It is like, it's the David Tennant film <laughs> without David Tennant. <laughs> He's there no, in, in spirit, fact. obviously. Yeah. Um, and yes, uh, Washington teams up with uh, Robert Pattinson, who I swear, if when you see the trailer, he is basically playing Christopher Nolan's suave spy. Because he's dressed pretty much like it's like you've got you've got the you've got the the blonde you've got the blonde sort of brushed over hair you've got the the Pashwan scarf around his neck you've got the nice suit and all that stuff and it's like are you just trying to be Christopher Nolan super spy? There is nothing worse when it comes to fan fiction where the author has inserted themselves into the story. Just going back to what we were talking about earlier, mm. like who 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 was the Nolan character in the Dark Knight trilogy? Then was he Alfred? Was he channeling himself I'm in not, Alfred? I'm not. I'm not sure, but it's like I kind of felt he was channeling himself in like Inception with Tom Hardy. Yeah, I can it's see like, that. Oh, he was a, it's like oh, he's got to dream a little bigger, darling. <laughs> Whoosh, with the grenade launcher. I joke. I joked with our with our mutual friend Hugh David that they should team up Tom Hardy and Robert Pattinson's characters for Insetnet. <laughs> so Gosh, like, it's like because there's there's this one bit at the end of the trailer where it's it's not much of a spoiler, but it's just kind of. Patterson's talking with uh, Washington. Um, Patterson is playing British in this. It's basically, I want to crash a plane. And, and, <laughs> and Washington just goes, it's like, why? Oh, for dramatic effect. Well, how big of a plane? Dramatic enough. <laughs> and just cues to this plane just crashing for a hangar. But uh, the, ma- the main, but yeah, the main, the main crux, I think, with Tennant is, is basically all this thing about time time reversal and stuff like that which isn't properly explained yet in the film which is a good thing because it's kind of it adds more intrigue into the film well, that's the thing. I, with christopher nolan i i want to go in to his works mm. as blind as possible even a film like dunkirk um mm. which you, if, if you, you should know the story of dunkirk the mm. the way the story was told was um a surprise to me and i i found i found I, I found that really really interesting and that really enhanced my experience um, mm. So I, I will watch this trailer. I'll, I'll probably set it up on my love, lovely big television, um, big and, and then I will go in blind. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what other critics think. I don't want to know anything about this film. 
I think the good thing with Nolan films is how when he's always promoted the films or even made the trailers for them, the, the trailers themselves have been pretty good at keeping things under wraps. They've also like, been very good in themselves. The original trailer for The Dark Knight, with it, I remember down, it took me about three hours to download that from the Warner Brothers site back in 2007. <laughs> um, when, when it downloaded, and it, the, the, I realised it revealed a lot without revealing very much at all. Because mm. going into The Dark Knight, I think... Because The Dark Knight has been just... <laughs> it's probably the most consumed movie of the last um, 10, 15 years. I, I think it's a fair assumption. Mm. Like Everyone knows every single scene of The Dark Knight. Everyone knows, It's trying to recapture the first time you saw The Dark Knight in the cinema. Mm. Like, how much of that film was a complete surprise, a delightful surprise to you? Because you, 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 you felt like you knew what you were getting when you got in, when into that film, but then... Mm. <laughs> Even even the little things like the uh, the magic trick scene. Oh yeah, with the pencil. With the pencil. I'm I'm holding a pencil right now for the benefit of our listeners. Please don't re-demonstrate that trick. <laughs> it's a really clever <laughs> trick. Did the um the stuntman who you know, gets the pencil in his eye? He um I think he um was knocked unconscious three times in production, like because he wasn't. He, wasn't the pencil CGI at that stage? Uh, it was a combination of practical and um a subtle CGI. So, but his um, he generally slammed his own head into the table because yeah. it had a layer of rubber on the top. Um, mm. if, if, if you can, there's, there's been a number of video essays on that specific scene, how it was created. It's, oh, right. it's, a, it's a work of technical wizardry and um, just a brilliant piece of storytelling as well. Because I, I love the also what I like about Nolan movies. You know, the unexpected happens, and they're mm. not they're not throwaway. They're not they're not just Although they are cool, they're not cool for cool's sake. They actually tell a mm. lot about the character. I mean, like the, the way the Joker is established just by that one scene is phenomenal. So yeah, Tenet looks. It does look. It, it's an Nolan film. At the stage now, when you hear Nolan new film, you basically go, "I'm there day one." <laughs> Absolutely, and and this is why, I to, as we've, um, we've we've said this before, as with um, No Time to Die, this is a cinema release. Yeah. This is the film you want to watch in IMAX. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're doing they're doing am, they're doing seventy mil and sixty five mil uh, film presentations as well. Fantastic. I'm not sure where that possibly. I think if anything, it might be uh, Picturehouse Central because I remember going to see uh, thirty five mil print of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last year. Nice. That must have looked so great. It looked re- it looked really nice. It was just nice to watch them making film mm. for, for for the first time in a long time. And I think the, the last time I properly saw like a seventy mil presentation, I think was The Master. Which was uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's film with Joaquin Phoenix, and it's like it was like the heightened resolution and stuff. That was really really cool. So, yeah, this is kind of like if if obviously if the IMAX in Waterloo is open, that's basically yes, off we go to IMAX in the Waterloo <laughs> because it's like it's going to be seventy mil film IMAX. Yeah, damn straight we're going to watch it on that format. Absolutely. In fact, yeah, go back to the Dark Knight trilogy. I did I did watch. I got I had the opportunity to watch the Dark Knight in the IMAX theater at Waterloo. And um, that was the fir- that was the first time I'd ever been in there, and um, <laughs> that wonderful panoramic of Gotham when it opens up before you know closing on the Joker, uh, yeah. Banksy. I-, I generally had to tilt my head up and down, you know, like that bloody bird that drinks the water. <laughs> that was me throughout <laughs> the entire film, just like oh, I, the, oh, the, wa- oh. the Waterloo IMAX experience is is a unique one because obviously you've got the giant screen and you have your adverts and then all of a sudden a little me- a member of staff will pop out at the bottom of the screen with the microphone saying 
Hello and welcome to the BFI uh, IMAX, the biggest screen in the UK. <laughs> uh, as you can see, it is as tall as five double-decker buses. I can see that. Yep, yep. And uh, don't forget, your film is about to start. And when you, if you have to leave any times, go through the back and not through the front. Thank you. <laughs> it's like. It's like okay, it's like pers- personal introduction is quite cool, I suppose. But yeah, it's it, like, it, 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 it like, feels more like a flight attendant. It's like your exits are here, 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 and by the way, this this screen is is bloody massive. <laughs> <laughs> it's bloody massive. <laughs> it's so big uh, we had to put it in the middle of a roundabout. I mean, IMAX 3D, um, IMAX 3D with proper films bit of a weird experience i remember i think me uh, me and some friends would see the first hobbit there well we we kind of went because a we also wanted to see the dark knight rises prologue <laughs> at that point no 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 that was a ghost protocol i tell you that was a ghost protocol um but yeah we went to see uh, we went to see hobbit in in that format and basically uh, the 3d glasses work but the moment you kind of unfocus your eyes on it everything becomes a blurry mess so it's like if you just kind of reach down to like get your sort of popcorn or your bag of sweets or something like look at it's like ah, ah it's all a blur what's gone wrong was that was that under was that with a high frame rate as well no it was not um because i heard i had mixed things about that from um, friends who were interested the high frame i think I've, I've i've spoken about this before i think the high frame rate version basically think of the classic 90s cbbc dramas that's what it looks like. Oh, so just this weird <laughs> faux video effect. Yeah. Whereas with, uh, Gemini Man was the last film to do it uh, with high frame rate, and it's like, it's like ideally it should be 120 frames per second, but the only versions they could do high frame rate in cinema is 60. And it just looked like, um, you know, uh, when Sony released a new camera and they show off all the kind of, look, look at the details you can get on the holiday. It's just like oh. that, and it's very weird. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't as jarring as I think. The the, law, the the Hobbit prequels, I think that I think the H the high frame rate effect was a lot more jarring there than it was a Gemini Man, but anyway, right. So yes, Tenet is coming soon. We don't know when. Hopefully July. Hopefully when cinemas reopen. Uh, if not, it will be released at some point in the future because I I I think everyone who kind of knows Christopher Nolan's love of film and cinema, he will he will throw a table at someone if if, um, if they say let's release it on digital. No, I, I completely agree. And um, the best thing about this is, like, it'd be nice that when cinemas open again, we'll have mm. this. Fit. Hopefully, this is an early release when cinemas open again because this is event cinema. Um, this is was... Nolan's movies are events and event films that don't mm. rely on expanded comic book universes. Yeah, like, yeah, and then and Nolan's films bring in more than just. The comic book movie fan they bring in because obviously some most most of the films have been critically acclaimed you get all sorts of people coming in to see um Nolan films that you wouldn't necessarily expect to see Nolan films mm. i mean it's like obviously with dunkirk dunkirk had that big crossover audience with people who who find world war ii films fascinating well, part still. of that elder generation yeah absolutely yeah, it's the same audio, when I, I wrote the review for 1917 for your website mm. and um, the thing that struck me the most is I was <laughs> by far the youngest person in that cinema just yeah, uh, yeah I've never seen it was um, um, the, the most amount of silver hair I've ever seen in my life it was it was fascinating mm. Um, mm. and um, so yeah I, I, it's why I, it's why I'm always slightly I'm confused as to why Hollywood only obsessively targets movies at young people with no disposable income 
It's not. It just doesn't really seem to be that sensible for a hyper-capitalistic market. <laughs> ah, yes. But yes, we shall see how Tenet performs. Tenet? Tenet. David Tenet. Performs. David Tenet. The David Tenet movie without <laughs> David Tenet. <laughs> no David, no Ed. And it, it, cue, cue the gif of him in Doctor Who when he's just peeking up behind the garden wall going, that, that was the moment I realised I actually liked David Tennant as the Doctor. I wasn't too keen on him for his first season. Then then that happened. I thought, yeah, I like him. Mm. Right, let's let's quickly touch on uh, the Snyder Cut. Jesus which, Christ. Which the, 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 the long-fabled Snyder Cut, which would tro- totally transform the, how we perceive Justice League, would <laughs> would would be it would be the creme de la creme of director's cuts. It would be the director's cut to end all director's cuts and most people kind of went okay fair enough i i think i was indifferent to it you are completely i just don't care at that stage yeah i mean i i've been told that the director's cut for batman v superman colon dawn of justice ultimate edition ultimate hyphen ultimate edition um supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is okay i've been told it's okay um Mm. I found the the theatrical version maddening. Uh, <laughs> I spent the first hour and a half thinking to myself, is this a great film or is it a bad film? I cannot tell. And then I spent the last mm. hour and a half going, this is a bad film. I can tell. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, just touching on the main story here. So obviously uh, a lot of people have been kind of, prof- kind of been demanding this mythical Snyder cut. And uh, lo and behold... Uh, lo and behold, on a watch-along of Man of Steel last week, uh, Zack Snyder revealed, along with Henry Cavill, that the cut does exist and it is being completed and it will be released next year on HBO Max stream platform. So basically, HBO Max is equivalent to the Disney Plus of HBO. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so we have, we have that. And it's like, I mean, I'm going to put my hands up and say, I've seen, I saw Justice League at the cinema. I wasn't, totally immured with it i didn't technically ubly hate it it was a bit of a weird film considering the the stories behind it because zach schneider film did the initial principal photography um unfortunately he suffered a personal tragedy during the production yeah awful. Uh, one of yeah really awful thing one of his one of uh, his daughter yeah. sadly committed suicide and and uh, understandably had to step away from the project to to kind of yeah. handle that or kind of uh, be able to grieve and all that stuff. So Josh Reedon comes in to to finish the film, and Warner Brothers decide to do a whole heap of reshoots. So the film that arrives is not technically Snyder's initial vision. It's like there are bits of it there, but it feels like again that I think we've talked about this before. My main gripe with the Justice League film, and I think with a lot of the DC films around that time, were they were trying so badly to emulate Marvel, and it just didn't work. And you could tell. Yeah, well, the, the problem, um, I mean, the biggest problem was that. The Marvel Cinematic Universe was pretty organic. Yeah, I mean, uh, it the, took the, time. And 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 the fact uh, this has been pointed out by other uh, other sort of like nerdy aficionados is that um, um, what what made MCU work quite well is that they started on a relatively unknown character. Although Iron Man was a popular comic book character, he wasn't a household name um, mm. at all. Which is weird to think that uh, twelve years ago um, people weren't really talking about Iron Man. In the same now, Iron Man is kind of held in the same regard as Batman, um, which is fascinating because for Batman's dominated that um, 
sort of like in the, in the public consciousness for like over 75 years now. Um, it mm. could tell you how, how much of an impact one good film can have. And um, and reverse to that, how much of a detrimental impact several bad films can have on a ca- character's yeah. reputation. Well, um, I've, so, well, I've read... A, oh, sorry, carry I was going to say, so, so it managed to build off these relatively unknown characters, mm. introduce them, you fell in love with them. Is it Captain America was another one, although Captain America was iconic um, from the 70s onwards. He just, mm. he just kind of died. And it's quite interesting that this, the first Captain America movie and his introduction into the Avengers mirrors real life reception to the character um, yeah um so you you had five six movies to fall in love with these characters and then brought them together mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. that basically solidified the reputation of the mcu and now they're to the point where they can be more experimental with say dr strange the ant-man mm-hmm. character um and some, and some of the films look lined up for phase four do look really interesting the dceu oh, yeah. decided to f- <laughs> jump straight in to a mash to the hero team up super which, hit yeah was it justice league the third film uh we had man of steel batman versus superman we had suicide squad suicide squad um i'm not sure if wonder woman be- was before justice league i think it might have been before yeah so i think about four films because aquaman came after justice league yeah who does a who does an origins film after the team up? <laughs> and and one of the, the problems is the early MCU films established character. Yeah, Zack Snyder took the decision for his early DC movies to deconstruct the characters. So mm. he had he didn't even introduce Superman. He immediately deconstructed the Superman in Man of Steel is far mm. removed from the Superman that people know and love. Mm. Um, I, I, you, I, you you cannot deconstruct a character before you have reintroduced or even introduced him and um so it became it's just so grating i mean i the problem is i get the impression a lot of these early dc movies would have been better in retrospect if they came together to it with a satisfying conclusion if there had been if uh, say if man of steel 3 gave us the superman we wanted and his 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 journey as a character made mm. sense. As it is, yeah. it kind of everything just kind of came to a really unsatisfying halt, uh, mm. which left us, to be perfectly honest, apathetic to the characters. Yeah. So at the point where we had the Justice League movie, we didn't care. Because yeah. we, we were given no reason um, to love these characters at all. Yeah. And, and the interesting characters that we enjoyed in Justice League hadn't even had their own bloody movies yet. <laughs> no. So it's like, it's, like, it's like Jason Momoa turned up, and don't get me wrong, Jason Momoa is is the perfect embodiment of being Aquaman. It was just, he just came along and said, yeah, my man, well, I mean, let's go fight it's, evil. It's an inter- just like, interesting was, take on Aquaman. Yep, and then, and then obviously you had Cyborg and uh, Flash as well. And as again, again, they're like, they were likable characters in Justice League. But again, it's like, we only saw, we only saw them both briefly in Batman versus Superman in like random thing on a screen. But other than that, we just got to accept that. Oh yeah, they're they're part of Justice League yeah. now. Okay, no, no, they're all, no. They're all they're all like a cohesive unit. They all learn how to work together. No character building. No, or, no, you know, no concept of an introduction. It's um, it was it was painful. But like I say, if if things several years later did kind of make things retrospectively better, then I'd probably be far more forgiving. Unfortunately, mm. because yeah, because of um, um, Zack Snyder's like real life tragedy which obviously takes press <laughs> yeah it's far more important than any of the crap we're talking about i mean like yeah <laughs> um 
Um, that obviously changed plans. And Warner Brothers, I, I think they panicked because, I mean, look at the returns. I mean, Justice League barely made, wasn't it, 400 million? Uh, 650 million worldwide. For a Justice League movie. I mean, because it came out at the same time as Four Ragnarok. And that, yes, that's it did. Smack, <laughs> a four prequel. <laughs> Try saying that, Trunk, fast. Um, <laughs> a four prequel smashed a Justice League movie. And like, if you were to tell me that 10, 15 years ago, I'd have laughed at you. I mean, like, mm. I, I had the choice between watching Justice League once or four for a third or fourth time. And I chose yeah. four for a third or fourth time. Um, I know we're going off mass, massive tangents here, but I feel like all Joss Whedon did was really aesthetic because it's clearly the same story, just with a few more winks and nods to the audience. Well, apparently the villain changed. Well, uh, Steppenwolf. Yeah, so basically, I don't, I'm not sure if it was supposed to be Steppenwolf, it was supposed to be someone else. I mean, Steppenwolf is, is atrocious. It's one of the worst... Real, the worst realised CGI villains I've ever seen. Um, and it, it surprises me. This is... I, I don't understand how Joss Whedon could do such a... I, I appreciate um, Age of Ultron isn't to everyone's taste, but I thought the special effects were phenomenal throughout. Um, I don't understand how the director of Age of Ultron, five years later, could mm. um, oversee such clumsy special effects. Yeah, it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing, I suppose. But um, no, I think the fact of the matter is, is like for for genuine fans of the film, not not the crazy overzealous fanboys <laughs> and that who have been kind of being the, the Snyder bros. Hor- hor- horrible people to other people online for their opinions on just League and stuff like that. For the genuine fans of the film, I would be excited because it's like, oh, cool! This is like a new drastic change. This could be a new drastic vision of how this film would have originally panned out and that's quite cool that's quite i mean you look at things like even though uh, i know it has its fans it's it doesn't have its fans uh watchmen for example watchmen it evolved into this ultimate cut where it embodied every major bit that happened in the watchmen book everything from the the black i think it's the black freighter or whatever it is um it with animated segments and that as well obviously the the, the big doomsday thing creature didn't still go back to normal at the end it was still it was like oh we'll just set off the nukes um i mean that, that's a change but, i did appreciate because um, yeah try, it, it makes sense yeah it didn't make sense even in the comic book i'm a bit uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah i mean the, the fact of the matter is like director's cuts do have the power to make make or make a new film to kind of create this new film i think one of the more recent examples i could probably touch upon is kingdom of heaven which is ridley scott's crusades film comes out of the cinema it's about two hours 20 Orlando Bloom, all that sort of stuff. And it's it's all right. It's not it's not great. It's passable. Director's Cut comes out. It's four and a half hours long. And characters seem a bit more fleshed out. Um, there's better pacing. There's even a lovely little bit of intermission as well. Just so it's like a proper cinema What's experience. What's up, Python? Style. Well, no, it's like, it's like each part of the film starts off with like a, um, an overture. Ah. So basically, it'll just be like a black screen with music playing for like... Um, for like three, four minutes, similar to like Lawrence of Arabia. Um, I mean, I then. I was, was going to say, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think um, I, if I given the choice between theatrical or directors, either a director's mm. cut or a director approved, I always go for the director's vote because that that closely represents their vision. Um, yeah, which is which is what you want. Um, mm. um, even even films that are already great 
can be enhanced this way. I mean, like yeah. Blade Runner is a classic example. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And um, even, I'm just looking. At, I'm looking at my film collection. I, I see all the director's cut alternatives I've got. He, um, Heat's one of them. Heat's one of them as oh, well. Just, I think there's um, the one I was thinking of is the the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, yes. They, they, extended they still, I mean, the theatrical cuts are incredible. The mm. extended versions are even better. I mean, mm. and they add right about what ninety minutes each film. It turns it to right uh, about thirteen like, hour. Um, yeah, fellowship. Yeah, fellowship goes up to three and a half hours. Uh, Two towers and Return of the King both clock in over four by that time. Yeah, and um, it's, it's. I mean, I appreciate why they weren't released mm. <laughs> in that form at the cinema. Um, although I think Return of the King definitely should have had Christopher Lee's demise in the theatrical version. I, yeah, I, that still grates me. That still grates me. Um, but um, no, uh, um, yeah, I, I, my 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 thoughts are this when it comes to I understand why critics and sort of um, um, sort of film lovers are getting sick to death of this um, Snyder cut situation mm. because and they are clearly they probably are a toxic minority. All fandoms mm. have them. They don't represent the majority, obviously. Yeah. Um, the the Snyder Bros are atrocious. You can't you can't you can't have a, a, any film critic which just voices a slightly negative opinion about Snyder's vision, and you just see the feed on the, on on social media of these obnoxious assholes. Mm. Just just basically they're just bullying, um, yeah. and, being, and being totally unnecessary. Mm. Um, at the same time, um, yeah. It's, this isn't this isn't taking away anything from just reading. It's given us an alternative, and yeah. um, for twenty million dollars, it's probably going to be an investment because the amount of people which will jump onto HBO Max based on this alone, clearly a lot. Yeah. Because I am, as I've expressed, although I I am a big DC fan, I am not a fan of the um, the DC extended universe. I think it's been a I think it's been a uh, in terms of storytelling, it's been a mess. Uh, yeah. An inconsistent disaster, with a, a few exceptions. I've enjoyed Wonder Which is, Woman and Shazam, and it's and I think it's it is just about getting on the right track now. I mean, you obviously with Shazam, with Wonder Woman, Aquaman was I, a big hit. I didn't like Even Aquaman, th- but I appreciate that it was very popular. It was very popular. Um, Birds of Prey, despite the fact it wasn't a massive hit, it's still very. Uh, People that saw it were really, really positive about Better it. Better Prey is an odd one. I, I feel like I, I'm not sure if there's an accurate reflection of its quality because it, it was caught up in this strange culture yeah. war we've been witnessing online for the last five, ten years. Yeah, um, I, I, I saw it at cinema. I I enjoyed it. Okay. I thought it was really. I thought it was a really good. It was a really good thing. It's not a perfect film. There are some great bits in it. Uh, Marco Robbie is great as Harley Quinn again. It's a bit more of a nuanced performance as well because there's a little bits of her as the psychiatric uh, professional before she became Harley Quinn. Uh, her as Harley Quinn um, and also Hugh McGregor is just having the time of his life as the villain <laughs> which is amazing um, you've got Wonder Woman 1984 coming at some point later on this year or yes. maybe early next year which again looked really really good and, I, mean, and I'm, I, I'm really excited about that like I said I, I loved Wonder Woman I thought I, mm. I, I even I think I've already said this before I even loved the ending I know a lot of people really disliked the way the film ended I actually, mm. I actually thought it, it was fine even though, yeah, <laughs> actually, I, th- I thought the CGI CGI was a complaint, but I think the CGI was better than Justice League. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any issues with the CGI to be perfectly honest. No, usually, usually, you know, I'll call, I'll call it out if I don't, <laughs> if I don't enjoy it. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, but it, it's it's frustrating because 
I'm, I'm looking at my I'm looking at my film collection, my, my library, and I, I've got I own every single MCU movie that's available to me, and with the exception of the second four movie, which I hate, mm. I would gladly and the, actually the Incredible Hulk was pretty pants as well. I would gladly rewatch any of those. Oh, even even the mediocre MCU movies are thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, uh, even if they're kind, even if they're just gentle introductions, like even the first four films. I love the like, I love the not, first four movies. I think yeah, Kenneth Branagh not, did a, a brilliant job, and I think Kenneth Branagh yeah. would have. I wish he had stayed on to direct um, Dark World because I think he'd have done it um, done it justice. Because Dark, mm. Dark World's frustrating because there's a lot of good in there or a lot of potential. Christ, you, Christopher Eccleston is completely wasted. Mm. Um, and it's uh, well, there is there's too much focus, and again more of a tangent. There's there's too much focus on Jane Foster. It it, mm. it feels like Natalie Portman should have gotten the um the headline credit yeah. <laughs> over um uh, Chris Hemsworth. I think she just came off her Oscar win for Black Swan at the time. You could I, it, or, it feels, no, I think it was a couple of, I think it was a couple of years removed from the it, Oscar. It win, I felt think. like she had too much clout in production. That's that's mm. my way. And yeah, it, the the story got was confused as a result because I know she yeah. she had a huge she obviously fell out with um. Um, uh, Kevin Feige and co. Afterwards, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yep, coming back for for Love and Thunder. Well, that's, uh, that's why I was generally quite surprised that she's returning, and mm. I'm interested to see what yeah. they do with it. Um, mm. What's I going to say? Um, what were we talking yeah, about? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Just the league sucks. I, there we go. Full yeah. stop. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'll just quickly throw my two cents in this, and then we'll move on to some film reviews. Yeah. Um, basically, I'm like I said. I'm. I'm curious about Snyder Cut. If I had the op- opportunity to watch it, I probably would, to be perfectly honest. Because it's like, okay, I'm. Quite, it's like I'm. I don't mind Zack Snyder as a filmmaker. Sometimes I like. I like Watchmen. Three Hundred obviously is quite, quite a visual experience itself. It might not be the greatest storytelling experience, but visually, Zack Snyder is can be quite an interesting director at times. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It's like the last the last couple of films from Snyder in the DCU was a bit of a weird was kind of like okay i can see where you're bringing some of your some of your passions but then it's like this doesn't really work but then again i think because they were warner brothers and i think noland is a producer on one or two of these films uh, as well, he, 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 he threw he produced he, man he of steel contributed he contributed this story outline of man of steel and mm. it's quite interesting man of steel frustrates me because i i will defend that film i really really enjoyed it i just the ending the, the last 20 minutes just it falls apart <laughs> And, yeah, it's um, like let's destroy all of Metropolis. Okay, and yeah, it just it stops being a Superman movie. It really yeah. does. And um, and the fact that something that really irks me about Man of Steel is that um, Superman never smiles. Um, I, I I rewatched um the first <laughs> Superman movie with Christopher Reeve um mm. the other day, and the the amount of charm and charisma that radiates from that performance, both Clark, Clark Kent and Superman, mm. is um. It's 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 incredible, and it's just it's infuriating that no one's been able to capture that in forty years. Because mm. Superman is the king of comic book characters. He's the he's mm. a, um, it's there should be we should have more good Superman movies than there are. Because in my mm. head, there's only one good Superman movie, and that's the mm. nineteen seventy eight Superman, the motion picture, Richard Donner. I've, oh, I've had the Donner cut for part two is meant to be good as well. I just haven't got around mm. to watching that. Hey, again, alternative cuts. Yeah. Um, but, well, bottom line for me, I'm just going to finish up Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Um, far too many tangents, like, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think my, my, 
I think my, my the thing that's kind of worked me a bit with the big announcement about Justice League Snyder Cut is basically all the all the other it's like not the toxic fanboy side of things, but kind of like the 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 more passion film lover and stuff like that. It was like you kind of be on a like a sensible plane of not rise to that level, and half of them just want to throw the film straight under the bus because it's an insult to cinema. It's like well, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's like, to me, it just kind of feels like where you're just stooping down to that level. Yeah. And it just doesn't, it doesn't, it just... I, I, I can I, I can empathise if these critics or film commentators have had to deal with the crap I'm, yeah. I've, I've discussed. Yeah. But that, that doesn't mean you should judge the film based on the film. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, that, I think it's, I, I agree with you entirely. I think it's ridiculous yeah. to make such a... At the end of the day, I... The film, the cut will probably not be for for their taste. I'm 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 realistic in that sort of sense. I know people who don't like Justice League, and I know they probably will not change their mind about Justice League with a brand new cut. Um, but the fan matters is kind of like there are the like there are genuine fans that do enjoy the film. Let them enjoy this. Don't just like don't just don't come in with a brick for a for a window saying no, it's hell. Smash and run away. Let, let uh, it them just, play it just, with their just, toys, is what you're saying. It's, yeah, it's like it's like I don't think I've said it properly on on here, but I, I have I have kind of mused on it previously. It's like it's very hard to be passionate about things nowadays, especially when you have all this sort of madness going on of people just you sort of like you say you're a fan of something and someone immediately pops up with a reason why you shouldn't and you should feel ashamed because you're the worst total human being on the planet for even remotely considering that you want to watch this show or watch this movie or watch or be part of this fandom and it makes it i think for me personally it makes it harder for me to turn around and say i really really like stuff i mean i will i like obviously people know me for liking bond i really like bond but but when people turn around and make certain comments about bond i kind of go yeah, you are kind of right to, from a constructive period point. I think sometimes it's also down to how they structure the argument. Just by, I'm open to criticism if it's constructive and it's kind of taking into account that just because you might disagree with something, someone else won't. In that sort of sense, it, but um, I don't find discourse is degenerated to the point. It's, it's far too adversarial. And it's it, just it, shouting. It, it's shouting. It's point scoring. It's um, mm, obsessive mm. gatekeeping. It's, yeah. it's finding offence where there is no offence. Um, and it's it's really disparaging towards... It's frustrating because there are a, a ton of genuine issues, a ton of genuine, genuine problematic issues in the world. And um, mm. wasting everyone's time by talking about the problematic nature of Ross from Friends, ignoring the yeah. fact that this is a television programme from 30 years ago, not something yeah. being created today, is, um, yeah. is um, just, to me, an absurd development in... Um, it's it, yeah it's just like just with the bonds it's like i know the behaviors in the earlier films would not stand well today not at all but these are the films these are the films that are product of their time and it's not it's not they did it deliberately to say hey we're going to do this because we're chauvinistic or something it's like no they did it because that was deemed acceptable at the time it's not now but that's it it's exactly it's just like it's um it, it's it's <laughs> if gold it's like, if goldfinger was released today in, in, in the the same film was released today i, I would be appalled um hmm. but it's not it was released in 1963 64 um yeah. and so i i it is it is entirely possible and entirely reasonable to enjoy some enjoy a product of its time whilst simultaneously hmm. acknowledging the more problematic natures from a modern perspective it's not not yeah. just from film i mean any period of history I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, especially the things like again TV. I mean, even look at comic books. You even 
it, it's it's just it, it's, 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 it's yeah. I think the thing that frustrates me it's it's not so much it's not so much people pointing out I just want to clarify my, my view it's not so much people pointing out the problematic nature of um older content it's the idea that by engaging with and enjoying such content that is a re- direct reflection of you as a person yeah um uh, th- th- there are thing uh, my favorite episode of doctor who is called the talons of wang chiang um mm. it was produced in the mid 70s and it's unfortunate in the fact that it has yellow face the one of the lead villains is a chinese character played by a white mm. actor i think mm. that's bad i don't like it but at the time no one cared <laughs> it was it was mm. it was unfortunately the norm for this kind of behavior um yeah now there are people who generally they would think I'm racist or for for admitting that it's my favorite story just because of this one act. It's, I I, mm. I think that's a ridiculous assertion, and um, yeah. I, I don't think it's healthy for a constructive conversation about these matters as well. It's perfectly it's perfectly reasonable to engage with some some something like this, enjoy it whilst acknowledging the more problematic nature and that not being yeah. a reflection of the viewer or even the people who perpetrated the um who made those decisions because I mean. You know, obviously people change and culture mm. change and time change, and that's a that's a good thing. It's it's mm. nice that we're living in twenty twenty, not in the mid nineteen seventies. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I hope, I hope yeah, that was a coherent point I made. <laughs> no, no, abs- no, 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 absolutely. That, no, that made sense to me. That's fine. I mean, it's, but yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, it's just like it's like I said, it's just it. For me personally, it's just made it very hard for me to be open about the stuff that I like because there is someone around the corner waiting to kind of go, "How dare you!" Mm. in that sort of in that sort of way. Um, and where was my phone? And also, and also, you know, uh, just uh, uh, one little final tangent, and then we will get into reviews. This is, this, I, li- I like this conversation, so this is why it's kind of sprawling a little bit. Um, the thing is, uh, someone pointed out quite uh, recently to me on online, it's sort of like, why is declaring your hatred of something or your disapproval of something a badge of honor? Yes, it's um, it's, like, it, it's, 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 it's cheap point scoring. It's designed. Yeah. Into, it's a form of narcissism, which is driving me insane. It's, it's yeah. I mean, because the frustrating thing is that it is perfectly reasonable and legitimate to criticize to critique art. Like, yeah. if you make a film, if you make a television program, if you make an album, mm. if you release a book, it is beyond your control how it's respond, uh, how people respond to it. And every- it's the same with being making a podcast. Absolutely, it's, it's true. It's, it's why I, I, I hate thin-skinned filmmakers who go who start attacking Mark Kermode for just <laughs> <laughs> just not liking their film. Not liking their film. Um, um. So there's. Uh, Every so my point being that every film is open to criticism. That's mm. fine. It's when it's facetious and there's yeah. no real it, people are just jumping onto whatever issue they believe will give them the most likes. Um, it's, yeah. it's the gamification of social media. It's, I, I generally think it's been a disaster. And this isn't a left wing problem. This isn't a right wing problem. This is just a broad social problem. I feel. Well, I, or it's like, for example. Um, um, there was a comment made about Nolan and uh, Nolan films. Joe was like, "Oh, he just like it's like they're not. It's like it's giving the audiences the illusion to that they think they're smart. It's like how condescending. What? 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 what this like? I I know in that particular comment and the person made that. If I turned around 
and did and made the similar comment about something that that person particularly liked, they would kick off on one. <laughs> and, it, and it's kind of like, again, it's like, yes, if you don't like Nolan films, just say, I don't find Nolan films engaging or I don't think they're smart or something like that. And that's all right. And that's fine. That is a fine point to say. Mm. But do not condescend and do not speak down to people who actually like that stuff. I mean, I think, I think it's, Nolan it's, films are very clever. Uh, but I might be an idiot. But so. <laughs> they're, they're, they're more, they are more, it's like, yes, there may be basic conventions from time to time, but they are more original and more engaging than some of the other stuff that's out in cinemas sometimes. Mm. So, and I, I, so, I think with, uh, with things like Nolan and, uh, and there, there's, there's always been a, um, a snootiness towards um, things which are, have mass popularity. I mean, my, my, yeah. my favourite band are the Beatles. And the yeah. Beatles are the most successful band of all time. Um, mm. and um, I, I know people who despise the Beatles purely because they are the biggest band of all time nothing, nothing to do with the music nothing yeah. to do with the message inherent of their work uh, or yeah. the people they are it's just because everyone likes them oh I have to hate them and I just I just mm. do not understand that mentality I, it's just it's, why shut yourself off for something beautiful a, just because other people appreciate it it's a mentality that also rolls over it's not just Music. It's again. It's like oh, it's, it's like, all pop culture. It's all art. It's it's, 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 a, it's a common trend for our, for our humanity. It's it's <laughs> like it's like it's like stupid things. It's like it's like people celebrating. There's no Love Island this year. I don't watch Love Island. I don't give a toss about Love Island. But because it's not running, I don't go to social media and go yes, yes, rejoice, <laughs> same, rejoice, parties, a, parties in the street. It's the same with sport. Most sports, I'm not particularly interested in. I like football. That's pretty and snooker. I like, I, that's pretty much it. I when I see my friends celebrating the, the American football, like the Super Bowl, even though that's fine. that's it's that's lovely, weird. It's, nice. it's weird to me because I'm British. Like, it's nice to see. Yeah, if you're happy with something, I, enjoy I, I, it. I, I like seeing my friends enjoy American football because it's like, it's like it's a sport I probably would enjoy watching more. It's just the games are long. That's, that's just my argument. But no, I mean, but, but, you, but, but yeah, with, but you see, but you, you you will see lots of your friends deride football, American football. Uh, I I generally I I don't like it when people just kick football. It's, kick <laughs> that's football. A bad pun. Um, it's like. It's like I appreciate that with football you have different sorts of audiences. Certain audiences are absolute louts that uh, are just <laughs> the toxic it's, it's element like, of the fandom. Yeah, there are that are obviously football's more known for things like hooliganism and all that sort of stuff. Not obviously those, those big days are oh are, they're long are, over. They're long over. But this is the thing. It's like it's like sometimes like uh, again the World Cup was probably a good example recently. It's like. Yeah, I might not necessarily watch football religiously. I am a football season ticket holder for my local team, Reading. Mm. But the but the thing is, it's like I'll enjoy watching football. I'll get behind the national team if it if it it does stuff. But it's when it's when we get it's like when we got knocked out and people were celebrating that we got knocked out so people can stop being stupid, stupid nationalists or something. It's like That's such a ridiculous take. I, I had I had several friends make similar comments on my uh, yeah. various feeds and I just I could not believe the sort of the there there was there was definitely a time where I I wasn't in the best of mental frame frame at the time and it unfortunately was around the same time England got knocked down mm. so I was going I was just trying to I was trying to trying to show on Facebook saying look I'm, I'm not in the best of place right now so I apologize if I'm I'm not if I'm I'm not myself and someone said oh is that because England got knocked out <laughs> no 
<laughs> Fuck off. I mean, I was in a bad place because England got knocked out. I mean, so <laughs> I, um, yeah. I, I, I get so stressed when <laughs> when we don't win, yeah. which is why mm. I've been stressed for all well since I was born. <laughs> so stressed since 1666 in the ether it, until I was it's born. It's frustrating. Like I, I'm I'm of English and Scottish heritage. And so, like, mm. I've always seen myself as like, um, I think, yeah. what do you call it, an Anglo-Scot or something stupid like that. So, but it's, yeah. frust- it's frustrating. It means I've got two teams that I can support losing. Like, <laughs> like but yeah, yeah. This is, I, I think I think this has been this has been a nice sort of mediation of just kind of how problematic liking things in this day and age has become. Yeah, and that that's why that's one of the reasons why I've I've stopped talking on social media about things I care about and things I like, you know, got things I love because I just don't want the hassle of dealing with makes sense uh idiots who who get um who uh get all that power from um draining the energies of other people mm. anyway i hope you like this conversation this conversation the conversation on the news has gone on for a little bit i do yeah we're we do an apologize. hour into the but, podcast but, man but but I've I've enjoyed this conversation. I hope you guys listening have enjoyed it as well. We would love to hear your thoughts. Email us at filmroll. Just, at just don't criticize. Just don't criticize us because we're too we're too um, thin skinned. Uh, like, so it's like I'm I'm, I'm see through. So. Absolutely transparent. <laughs> too, too transparent. Uber thin. I mean, your skin color uh, is exactly the same as your beige wall behind you. This is this is I, true I just for see a floating, all those not watching this on. I just see a pair of floating this. eyes and a moustache. That's all I see on my webcam, <laughs> listeners. Um, uh, anyway, let's have the film review and let's talk about Netflix's The Lovebirds. He's fucking dead. We, we know he's dead, but we didn't kill him. He like tripped a murder or whatever. We didn't murder anybody. One, two, three, go. No. Okay, the guy's name is Gibran. Run, Leilani! And the girl's name's actually Leilani. Shit. She's running too now. Kind of slow, like she's wearing heels that look actually amazing. We have to go to the police because we have nothing to hide. Why is she run from the scene of the crime? Good question, officer. That's me covering up my body cam so I can beat your ass. So, the Lovebirds, romantic uh, mystery comedy drama, per se, uh, stars... Uh, Issa Rae and Kumal Nanjani as a couple who experience a defining moment in their relationship when they are unintentionally involved in a murder mystery. Um, now, this was, um, as we mentioned last episode, this was supposed to come out to cinemas around this time. Obviously, that's not happening. So uh, Netflix picked up the film from Paramount, and this is why we're able to talk about the film now. Um, and I think, well, well, the first things for, first, things first um, I really do like the coupling of Issa Rae and Kumal Nanjani because they're a really likeable couple and they're a believable couple as well. It's interesting to say that because I totally disagree. Really? <laughs> oh, it's I think a first major disagreement in this in the podcast. Okay. I okay. I mean, yeah, feel free to argue your point, obviously, but this is the okay. first rom-com I've watched where I did not believe that they were a couple. There was, a, I think, they lacked chemistry. Um, it, okay. it felt maybe they were a couple of alrightish mates, but I, I didn't, I didn't pick up any spark between. Them. Even when they kiss, it seemed to me really forced okay. and artificial. I no, and I, I found it grating as a result. Did not, okay. did not care about them at all. It's like, for me, I think during some of the the, the defter moments of the film when they're not trying to. Put on hijinks or or laughs or something like that. 
I think that's where the chemistry seems to be a bit more workable. Um, there are bits when, yeah, they are making jokes every one sentence. Some of them don't necessarily work at all. It just seems really odd. Um, but no, I, I, no, I can't. I kind of like them as a couple. I think the fact is, it's the thing. Is the thing I can tell, I can, I can say with the Lovebirds is, you give this to Adam Sandler style comedians, this, this becomes a just a gross out farce without within like five minutes, to be perfectly honest. Whereas I, I, I guess to a sense they are trying to keep things grounded. Doesn't necessarily work. I agree, um, because there are some things with this that. I just went, what's the point? Uh, especially the whole murder mystery side of it. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I mean, I, it's like, I I like them as a, I, I liked them as a couple in this. You are right, sometimes it can get a bit great, especially when they're trying to work together to try and figure out bits and pieces. But... Um, well, I mean, yeah, co- I co- conveying a bickering couple that isn't as irritating as it would be if you're one of those people is very difficult mm. it can be done um yeah. i can't think of any examples off the top of my head but it, it, it <laughs> certainly can be done um it's well actually it's just look at um say simon Pegg and nick frost like when they when they, when they, they could be they could do bickering quite well and um yeah. i never for any moment feel that they're not in love with one another um <laughs> in sean the dead or hot fuzz <laughs> Um, this one, it just felt, yeah, I, I thought their performances, I, th- I think their performances were fine. I do think mm. you're right. I think they, they, I mean, they were, I mean, their comedy's okay. I mean, they, mm. I, I think they've been better in other things. Um, yeah, I, f- I found this film was a bit too derivative of, um, a number of films, including the, the one that popped in my head was Game Night, which came yeah. out a couple of years Night. ago. Game Night is very good. Yes, I I, I, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed that. I think I think a lot I think a lot of people looked and went, "Oh, it's a standard Jason Bateman comedy." And then we watched, and then people started watching, and went, "Oh, <laughs> this is actually quite." And Rachel McAdams was in it as well, and she was demonstrating some really good comedy chops in the Eurovision film in a couple of weeks' time. Yep, things to be, things to be encouraged about. Absolutely, but with regard, with regards to the with regard, sorry, to the Lovebirds. Um, yeah, yeah, I just felt all the strains of plot were um just weak um it, it, even it, the it sort was, of the, when they go into the sort of the, the the cult scenes the sort of eyes wide shut scenes yeah i was a i think it looked bad the costumes looked crap uh <laughs> they just they, they seemed mass ordered from a larp site um <laughs> even the location of the cult this just a sort of generic theater um i yeah. thought was really like Crap! That's <laughs> the only way to describe it. I, I just, I, I just thought that whole the whole mystery aspect of it was just a waste of time. It was a waste of time. It's not but, even resolved. But, because, because, well, it, it kind of it got partially. It's partially resolved, and it's is it resolved if it's one character giving you a line of exposition explaining how it will be resolved? Because, uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound the spoiler klaxon here because of. So yeah, you might want to fast forward a couple of minutes. Uh, check the notes as to where the where the sensible t- time to come back into this is. But the whole thing of the cop trying to keep the sex club hidden, but also blackmailing the people of said sex club to make money on the side, it's just boring. It, it's boring, and it also feels like the person who came up with the idea thought it was a lot cleverer 
than it actually was. It's like, it's like ah, I mean, ah, you see, I, he's looking after the sex club, but he's also trying <laughs> to bring down the sex club. I will say, what I did enjoy f- Paul Sparks plays the um, the, the sort of corrupt, um, the sort of the the, the, an, the closest, the antagonist, we should say. Yeah. Um, and he, he's all right in it. He's been better in other films. He's a lot better in, um, I thought he was a lot better in House of Cards. Um, yeah, there's House of Cards, there's Midnight Special, Boardwalk Empire. Yes, yeah, Boardwalk Empire is particularly uh, yeah. good. Um, yeah, nothing nothing about this film really stood out for me. I, I found the performances were passable. I did not believe for one minute that the, the, um, the Lani and the Gibran characters were an actual couple. Um, it mm. just felt really... Just felt... Yeah, again, I just I didn't pick up any chemistry between them. Did not believe mm. in any of the um, romantic element. I didn't even believe in the okay. arguing. I didn't believe they were really breaking up because I didn't believe that they were, mm. had anything to break up from. Um, the, the the strands of plot are uh, weak, um, mm. and the, the comedy just doesn't really hit for me. Like the 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 torture scene with the the, the bacon oil, the, gre- the, the grease or the horse. Yeah, what the hell was that? What, what was the point of that? I, di- I didn't understand the motivation of the characters who were doing that to them. Like. What were they trying to gain from that? It, it felt just, yeah, just yeah. It, it just felt like nothing was really fought out. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, you are right in that aspect. It's like, like I said, well, no, I haven't said it like that. I said, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, I mean, bits and pieces do feel cobbled together. Like, what situation can we do next? That side of things. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, when I was watching it the other day, it just kind of, it, because it's such a short film, it's like an hour and 20, 25 or something like that, it just kind of breezed by and I, I kind of felt un... What's the word? Unchallenged by it. No, is that, yeah, yeah unchallenged. Unchallenged. Yeah. yeah, unchallenged by it. I mean, it was just... It's like, why should you be challenged by a film like this? Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, you, you, still want to, you still want something that's compelling and engaging and you want, yeah, you want to root for I'm, the characters. I, I never, I didn't care about them enough to even... I yeah. just didn't care. I, I, was kind, I was kind of guessing the, the plot beats of when they would finally go, oh, we're going to get back together, that sort of thing. Um but yeah, I was still trying to. I was more. I was more trying to figure out the the mystery aspect of it, and when the mystery got revealed, it was like, oh, all right then. Yeah, it's, it's the, the mystery is is the re, the reveal is fr- a, a total throwaway. And and even even in the tell in the tell in when they go, we know you're not the bad guys. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 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 a setup. It's a very long setup for a very bad joke. It's not yeah. even a bad, not a bad joke, just a mediocre one. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I can see, I can see people kind of enjoying this as like just a streamlined sort of like passable night in or something. Every night's a night in at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can, I can see some people, I can see people liking it. Um, again, I think I'm indifferent to it. It's like, meh. It's like I can, I, I may have chuckled now and then at one or two jokes, but it's not. I can't remember the jokes off the top of my head, and to be perfectly honest, I don't remember much. Much of this, like apart from like the silly dressing up like a, a unicorn, unicorn t-shirts and looking like a very bad rapper. I, I thought if that is the extent, if you if you think that's going to get belly laughs, <laughs> just that mm. it was. I I just thought I thought that was cringy. Oh, and there's that whole thing about the bloody amazing race. It was like, oh, we can win the amazing race, and then oh, lo and behold, they're on 
Oh, the, oh yeah, of course, mm. the Amazing Race. Yeah, uh, it was, yeah it, I, I just found the. Um, yeah. It just. It was just awkward product placement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, not as bad as Sonic. Not as bad as Sonic, I'm afraid. <laughs> and the Olive Garden. Oh. At least that was entertaining. Yeah, that was a bit weird, but it was also strange. It was like, but their bottom is past the bottom. Amazing. <laughs> don't, don't focus on that right now. <laughs> my my, uh, my favourite product placement of all time, it's, 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 it's a tie between the product placement scene in Wayne's World, which mm. is a work of genius, um, and also there's a scene in Terminator 2 Judgment Day where they're in the um, this, uh, Dyson Industries laboratory and um, mm. the camera's panning following Dyson and his um, assistant towards the yeah. um, remnants of the um, original Terminator and his assistant is holding a Pepsi can and he's unnaturally twisting his hand to match wherever the camera is all the way through that scene I, and I can never not I, look at the Pepsi can. I can I can top that. Uh, Samuel Jackson, Tommy Jones from Rules of Engagement. Uh, courtroom drama, war courtroom drama. There's a scene where I think it's Tommy Lee Jones has gone to visit someone to have a chat about the case. And they're both looking at a car engine and one of them has a can of Pepsi. They deliberately put the can of Pepsi in front of the camera and move away to look at the engine and they are out of focus for a few moments before coming back. And I sat there watching the scene going... Are they just promoting Pepsi? <laughs> Pepsi. It helps get the courtroom dramas done. That's so tacky. That's the wrong movie for that. <laughs> Tommy, I just imagine the stone face of Tommy Lee Jones going, "All right, I'll have Pepsi." Oh, do you think Tommy Lee Jones? I think Tommy Lee Jones gave up caring decades ago, <laughs> my friend. I think after he won his Oscar for The Fugitive, that's yeah, it. He's um, been phoning him in ever don't, since. Don't don't need to worry too. Oh no, probably after Men in Black one. Probably after Men in Black one. And he's he's right again, in he... No Country for Old Men as well. But yes, yes, I think I think there was something to care about there. Was like, oh, it's a Coen Brothers film. This is important. This is everything else. Like it's a Hollywood. I mean, he's even in the first Captain America film. He's, he's all right. Like, that. He, but he, I mean, he's he is right. he's kind of. He is, I love that first Captain America movie, but he is phoning it in. It's like yeah. Uh, I mean, it's only for a, it's only for like a couple of scenes. So it's not like he's being tasked with doing a whole. Film. No, if it was yeah, exactly. That's why it's, it's that's like why you've it's also got Stanley too. Stanley Tucci's also in the first Captain America, which you know, we don't really remember much. But obviously, he's the pivotal role of the scientist. Who oh, yes, of formula. course. Yeah. And uh, and good old Richard Armitage is the evil Hydra agent who Cap oh, first my has gosh, a battle. He yeah, is. Yeah. He is, yeah. yeah and Natalie Dorm is in it as well. She, yes. It's, yeah, she's... <laughs> it's weird. I, 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 I'm fixated on Chris Evans throughout that film and um, Hugo yeah, Weaving. There's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of people in the film who go, Oh yeah, they were in the film. It's like um, it's like Dominic Cooper playing young Tony, uh, young Father Stark, Howard Stark, as well, which he would reprise for Agent Carter down the line. Um, but we're going off topic. Lovebirds. <laughs> Lovebirds. Um, I, I think how bad Lovebirds was. We spent half of our review talking about Captain America: The First Avenger oh, uh, um, <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Um, I yeah, like I said, I can imagine some people watching this and kind of going. It's, uh, it's, it's passable it, 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 it passes an evening of watching something on the TV. There are better style movies out there. I think Game Night is definitely one to check out. Even Date Night with Steve Carell and Tina Fey is kind of, is still a bit, it's not a big success, but there are still random moments to enjoy. There's like, I think there's Mark Wahlberg as like shirtless CIA hacker, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. 
date night. I need to rewatch date night because it was kind of like, um, like this big sort of like this is going to be like a big budget comedy blockbuster. And it's like, okay, this is like a standard comedy thing. I can't. But I, then again, it's Steve Carell. I had totally forgotten the film existed until you mentioned it a few moments ago. To be honest, yeah, that's how successful the film yes. was. People don't remember it. But I do. Rem- but I do always remember that. Oh yeah, Space Force is out next week. <laughs> oh yes, that does look interesting. Space, um, Space Force. If you want to watch a decent um, rom com starring Steve Carell, Forty Year Old Virgin. Yes, or Crazy Stupid Love. Mm. Crazy Stupid Love is. Oh, the Big Short. Uh, well, that's not romantic. <laughs> hey, Christian that's Bell the, clearly loves that drum kit. <laughs> It's heartbreaking and depressing all at the same time. It's a fascinating time, no. movie. It's a really yeah, fascinating yeah. movie. No, no, I, I tell you, I tell you, like, the best Steve Carell rom-com is uh, Foxcatcher. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your future. <laughs> God. God. <laughs> he God. clearly loves, he loves <laughs> wrestling, those, those strong... He got an, he got Oscar nominated for that as well. Uh, Undeservedly so. It, it, it's genuinely it terrifying. It was genuinely creepy. <laughs> I it's have the, never been the, so uncomfortable in a Steve Carell performance before. It's just the way he just kind of awkwardly stares at someone. Who goes, "Yeah, good. <laughs> Let's talk about your future. <laughs> You'll be <a> great athlete." <laughs> anyway, so Lovebirds, Lovebirds star rating uh, two stars. Two stars. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Fine, all good, all agreed. Lovebirds, two stars. Right, let's move on to uh, a potentially cult Arnie Schwarzenegger film. He's a, he's a tough cop who faces his greatest opponents, kindergarten kids. It's kindergarten cop. Here's a clip. Now we're going to do something extremely fun. We're going to play a wonderful game called Who is my daddy and what does he do? Yes? Is your daddy a Big. Is he a wrestler? Is he a basketball coach? No, 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 no. What's the matter? Oh, I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So, um, 1990s uh, kindergarten cop. This is probably coming at the, the I think, kind of like the near the peak. Is it like is this still peak? Oh, absolutely. Period? Uh, the, the golden age of Schwarzenegger for me is definitely it's it's between Terminator and Terminator Two Judgment Day. Um, oh, okay, Terminator Two Judgment Day was ninety three, wasn't 92. it? Ninety two or ninety two? Uh, uh, ninety two. I believe it's ninety one or ninety two. Um, uh, it's just you can tell it's you can tell it's not quite ninety three because Guns and Roses was still popular. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just before Nirvana sort of like ruined everything we were, for hair rock. We were both wrong. It was Terminator Two in ninety one. It was ninety one. Excellent. Yep. Yes, um, but yeah, this was the same. Uh, Nineteen ninety was the same year where he was in Total Recall as well, yeah, which was a, 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 that's still held in sort of not high regard, high regard, but you know it's still a popular Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, uh, but coming off, but coming off the tail end of things like Twins, Red Heat, and The Running Man, and of course Predator. These are these incredibly successful movies. I mean, um, mm. I, I don't know if people if people have kind of forgot how big Schwarzenegger was. Um, oh, yeah. And not literally, because obviously he's a large, a large chap. Um, but in terms of his like star power in the eighties and, and and throughout the nineties, because I mean there was diminished returns with his films after Judgment Day. We start seeing films like um, um, Last Action Hero, which I personally really enjoyed, but I could see why it 
wasn't. I mean, in the tail end of the '90s side of things for Arnie, those. I mean, Last Action Hero again. I I think is really really good. True Lies is True Lies is excellent. True Lies is uh, True Lies is just something else. <laughs> I, I love that, True Lies, but I don't think that's held in. Um, I, I don't think that's retained in the sort of like the zeitgeist. As, yeah. um, and it's, also, it's, the, it, I think it's the mid '90s is where we start seeing um, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, 96 of Jingle All the Way. Then Erasure was on that year as well, 96. And then we go into Batman and Robin. Yeah, and I think, I think Batman, no, Batman no. and Robin is the sort of thing. Oh, okay, yep. That's it. Okay, okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. Oh, no, no, indeed. So, yeah, so you're right. This is kind of like, um, this is like at the at the peak, peak Schwarzenegger. Peak Schwarzenegger. And yes. um, I... <laughs> so for those, for those who haven't watched Oh, King sorry, yes. Cop Order, pl- so basically, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a tough cop John Kimball, who is after this nefarious crime, organized crime criminal, um, organized crime criminal. Yes, organized <laughs> crime. Let's say person in the mob or something like that. Um, but unfortunately, they don't have enough good evidence to put him away. He, they arrest him at the start of the film, but they don't have enough good re- evidence to put him away. So they decide to track down uh, the criminal's former uh, wife and his son, who he doesn't know or doesn't know much about. So basically they're trying to find mum and mum and kid and find, and get that f- a pivotal piece of evidence to put him away. But um obviously the only way we can do this sensibly in a in a kind of like a casual surveillance like my spy is um yeah uh, insert yourself as a kindergarten teacher at, at the school that they are supposedly at. But the uh, the irony is he's not really supposed to be the teacher. It was his partner, but his partner gets very sick at the start. It's, it's nice <laughs> there is a logic to the film. It's not a case of yeah. like some random police sergeant took one look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know what? You'd be perfect Kids. to be a, to, for this <laughs> undercover mission. I, I'm trying to do an American accent, but I'm, I'm just too self-conscious at the moment. It was like, well... Well, you're a big, you're a big Austrian guy. You know what you can deal with? You can deal with kindergarten te- kids. <laughs> you start Monday, learn all about your ABCs and your one two threes. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is a, it was a, I, I enjoyed watching this. I, I know I, I had, I'm not sure if I enjoyed watching it because I'm a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, or if this film was actually quite entertaining. Um, but I, I can, I, I, there, that... I could definitely see more. I remember as a, as a kid and a teenager. Um, this being one of the few Schwarzenegger movies that I didn't really take to. Um, mm. And I think... Th- I think Schwarzenegger's fine in this. I think I think he actually gives a yeah. good performance. Um, yeah. I mean, he he, 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 he he handles it nicely. I mean, it's it's not obviously jaw-dropping. It's like, holy, holy cow, he's gone from action to being lovable comedy action hero. Mm. No, it's... It, no, there's... There are, I think there are memorable moments... But good memorable moments, especially things it's like we're going to play a wonderful game. It's called Who is Your Daddy and What Does He Do? And then, and it's like the little bits of him bonding with the kids. It's like we're going to it's like when I blow a whistle, you're going to get the toy, you're gonna to bring it to the carpet, bring it to the carpet. Yeah, I, I, I did stuff. think I did think yeah, adopting his um the same strategy <laughs> he uses as a police um for training police officers, I thought that was quite clever. And, yeah, and I, I can actually I can imagine that working in real life as well, oddly enough. Mm. Mm. Um, I found... Yeah. I f- the, bigger, the problem with this film is that, it, it, in a similar way, to, we, we've discussed this on, on similar films, where they, they sort of have this... Um, um, my Spy. Like, like, like My Spy, <laughs> you, know, and, and, you know, these kind of like action movies slash family-friendly films. 
I don't think this film knows what it is. Because the first mm. half an hour is typical Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, ultra-violent. Um, um, oh, yes. Yeah. It, it's, too, it's too violent to be a family movie for the first half an hour. Then the last mm. hour is too family-friendly to be a violent action 15 movie. 15-rated film. It's rated 15 in the UK. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of drops. It doesn't really, after the, after the first act, it doesn't retain that level of... Um, uh, that mm. it doesn't retain that tone at all um, and it, it, again it's frustrating it's like it's trying to have you know have its cake and eat it mm. so it, it just yeah. leaves you confused as to who is this film for I think it was trying I mean in America it was a PG-13 so this was a PG-13 apparently really that's, that's what it says on, this is what it says on my notes <laughs> it starts off in a bloody drug den with like a drug den brothel with guns going galore i mean like I'm, it's that but, surprises but, me i mean but to a point there is not much um detail on the injuries caused to the other criminals i think it might be more to do with the language in that stage mm. It wouldn't, wouldn't, it wouldn't anyway. surprise me. Americans, anyway, American well, that, ratings tend to be more based on <laughs> language and nudity than any form of violence. Well, it's like it's like the 12A in the UK. You can say the word fuck once and that's it. Did you, you just did I your one, didn't you? Yes, yeah, so we are, now, we are now officially 12A. Excellent. I may have said the F word earlier in the show. So I, do <laughs> I do love that. I this do love that is meme of, You know, if if you could put the F word in any 12A film, like say The Lord of the Rings, where would you drop the F bomb in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> It's like be like classic, like my fucking precious or something like that. <laughs> um, oh, d- slight like slight tangent. It's always funny when you read the BBFC uh, reports of complaints. And <laughs> oh, I think, they're I good. Remember, they're I, gold. And and the and the one the one that I always find so funny is Judy Dench and Skyfall because people did not like her saying the F word in it. <laughs> and it's like it was like she's a national treasure. She shouldn't be swearing like that. It's like no. But she should also be sharing her frustration of what happened. It would be a bit anyway. weird if that character didn't drop an f bomb in that in that moment. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, especially when a lot of people have died and a very angry bleach blonde uh, Javier Bardem is coming after you. I mean, I, I would be I would be swearing like a trooper in that scenario, personally. Yep. So I'm, I'm yeah. I think credit to Judy Dench for only swearing once in Skyfall. You know, you know, we, the, the Lovebirds was so in, we were so indifferent to the Lovebirds, we, Lovebirds, we spent most of the film talking about Tommy Lee Jones. I'm so indifferent to Kid and Garden Cop, I've spent most of the review talking about Judy Dench. <laughs> this is the episode of the indifference movies. Indifference movies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, um, I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's like, I think, I think the villain side plot is boring as hell. Yep. It's, I'm not. I'm not interested at all. I mean, then, uh, who, who plays Chris? Richard Tyson plays Chris, and I, yeah. I, did, I did like. I found the dynamic with his mother being like the sort of like the puppet master of this mob syndicate again, being quite interesting. But again, but again, nothing happens in that film regarding no. it. You see bits and bobs, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're here. It's like my smile over again. It's kind of like we're just focusing on Arnie getting. We're just focusing on Arnie bonding with the kids, making his way. Finding out that he does kindergarten cop, uh, kindergarten a lot better than being an actual cop, all that sort of stuff, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, here's the villain. We forgot the villain was kind of um, uh, the villain was all the way back there. Yeah. Sorry, it's because it's, it's the, the film <laughs> is confused. It doesn't know the story yeah. it's trying to tell, and um, mm. and the, one of the biggest problems is that it, it's also a one joke movie, 
And uh, I don't have a problem with one joke movies as long as that joke is good and you know executed mm. well. The joke here is yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is you know a kindergarten a, cop, <laughs> a yeah. kindergarten teacher. Sorry, um, and it's it feels like it's resolved too quickly. Like he becomes a good teacher too quickly. I think mm. I think he only struggles for around about five minutes of the whole film. It's like that. It's like. I'll give the film some props. There are there are one or two moments that are quite dark for like school school sense. Yeah, there's I, the side there's the side there's the side plot of one of the students being being, being physically abused by, by stepdad. Yeah, yeah. No, I, um, yeah. I, I I was I didn't I didn't I, remember that happening I, when I watched it when I was young. Nor did I. I, 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 was, I was like, oh, this is how, dark. <laughs> I mean, it is it's it is it's kind of it's not um, it's not explored as thoroughly as I, I would have liked. But it's yeah. interesting that it is there, and um, yeah, I did love the the reaction of the headmistress. She the head the headmistress is a very good character. Um, oh yes, is, Linda Hunt. The, oh yeah, Miss Shrosky. Um, I, I like the I like the sort of like the, the fact that she's literally half the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and she sort of she has <laughs> has the ability to hold her own with him physically um, in terms of like. Because there was a there's a nice bit. There's a nice obviously after he. He attacks. He sort of retaliates against what, the this dad. Is what I was say, there, yeah. There's there's that nice bit when you there's this nice bit where you think, oh, she's going to lay down the law and tell him to get the get the f out of the school. But it's just like when she sits down, it's like, I want you to tell me honestly, how did it feel to punch that scumbag? It wasn't scumbag, <laughs> son of a bitch. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. there are, there are. It's a straight with the lovebirds. I found it was it was pedestrian throughout the whole movie. With this, there there are gleaming moments of I would say greatness but there are, there are interesting areas which I feel like could have could have been explored been better better um mm. I, I I the 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 romantic interest as well um with um is it is it the Phoebe character uh no the Ph- Phoebe's, no, Phoebe's no, no. the um the, his partner Phoebe's the partner yes it's um it's, it's uh, Joyce's um yes yes Joyce is the, uh, uh, the, the, the grade one teacher who he sort of like mm. he um, begins a romantic relationship with, and it's it's very cliche. It's it's still entertaining. It's it's um, another problem I have with this film is I don't think the kids are that great. I don't find some of the things the kids say feel like they've been written by an adult oh. who don't doesn't actually know how children talk. Oh, it's that kid at the start that just stands up and says, "Men have a penis and women I have vaginas." Like ne- I, I have uh, never spoken to a child and like. It, it, and had that kind of. I even worked in a primary school for a while. I, I that that kind of. You would never get that kind of conversation from a kid. It was maybe it was just for shock value. I don't know. I, I just I think it was a cynical. It was a cynical joke that didn't really. That just came across as very. No, no, it didn't make me uncomfortable. It was just very unnatural. I can't ever imagine a child ever saying that. Yeah. Not the way it's delivered. The way it's. I mean, not, not, I'm not blaming the kids, by the way. It's, uh, no. it's like. Don't blame the kids. Like, Don't blame the kids, Christian. Don't blame but them. The, the, the children themselves are, are kind of the least interesting thing about the film. Mm. Aside, aside yeah. from the, the the abuse subplot, but that that is a sub sub subplot. That's a, yeah, a, it's not it's not tied into the overall arc. It's just kind of more character building or kind of character endearing. So it's Kimball making himself more endearing. Absolutely, to it's, it's his established peers. the Kimball character as um, being kind-hearted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like I think ultimately, I think people that really watch this will probably really revisit this time and time again. All the Schwarzenegger completionists, in a way, I suppose. Yeah. It's like it's like. I'm happy that I've watched it, and I still I I chuckled more at Kindergarten Cop than I did at Lovebirds. I'll be honest. Same. 
Um, so because of obviously classic Arnie, Arnie moments that I completely forget were in this film. It's like the starts is like, my name is John Kimball and I love my car. Shot and he cocks the shotgun. That sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. I I I wouldn't necessarily go straight back to this one as a as a. If you love Schwarzenegger, watch this one. There are obviously other films out there that are going to get get the rub quickly, like Terminator Two, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think revisiting it once every decade or something like that, you're not too bad with it. Just yeah, I can't imagine myself going. This is the greatest Arnie film ever made. It's like it it's a bit all over the place, but. The charm and Schwarzenegger carries it through. I, I would agree with your sentiments, and and, and um, I I would not. This is probably the only Schwarzenegger movie in this era I wouldn't go out of my way to see again. Um, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't even pick it up on like Blu-ray secondhand, you know. Um, but I actually discovered I owned Kindergarten Cop on DVD. Yesterday. Really? You need <laughs> yeah, to sort in, your library in, out, my friend. It's in it's in it's in the other it's in the other DVD rack, and I just sort of stared and. <laughs> Oh yeah, I did buy it on DVD many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's give this a star rating. I'm going to be generous and say free. I'm going to say free as well. I I, I, I agree yeah. with what you said. I think the direction is a bit flat. Some of the jokes mm. miss. The children aren't that great. We've seen better children um, in similar yeah. films like like a film. I spy. Well, I was yeah. just thinking like a film like um, School of Rock. Like, you know, yeah, the, absolutely. Every, yeah. All those kids feel like characters that you fall in love with here, or even the Harry Potter movies. That that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. even them. Here, even them. I didn't ke- really feel like any of the char- any of the children were real characters. They just felt like excuse for really crap, inappropriate jokes. It's very weird. The kid Dominic, the main the main kid that sorts of nigger bonds with, it's played by two kids. Really? Well, they're twins. Yeah, yeah. Joseph Cousins and Christian Cousins. Huh. It's like. Really? It's one, one, yeah. one, one slept while the other, so they could film twenty four seven. Like, yeah, it's like it's like. Went, really? All right. <laughs> just I've got the image of um, I've just got the image of um, um, Ivan Reckman going. If we lose one, we're fine. We have disposable children. <laughs> That's a horrible. Thing to <laughs> I didn't say it. Ivan Reckman said it. Obviously, like. <laughs> Um, let me but, let me put on my Ivan Reitman disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this: uh, this, in terms of his direction, it feels very flat. Like the the, the world that's painted is great. this is nowhere near Ghostbusters level. Yeah, considering this is the director who brought us. Ghostbusters. I was generally quite shocked when I realised it's the same director. I like yeah, what, I, what I, happened. I, I was the, surprised. In, I'm sorry. I was surprised that Ivan Reitman directed this when I saw when I revisited this. It's yeah, like it, it, it's, he directed it. It's like they've just. Here's a camera, point that way, do whatever. Mm. Like, it just felt dull on a technical level. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, but I, yes. would, I would agree. I think this is a three-star movie, and that's, that's, I yeah. think that's being generous. Mm. So if you do love your Schwarzenegger film and you haven't seen this in ages, yeah, you can enjoy this. You can, you can be fine with this. So yeah, three stars is fair. And uh, yes, yeah, so... There we go. That's this week's uh, this week's film roll all in a nutshell. It's been a bit of a beefy episode, but I hope you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had. Do let us know your thoughts at filmroar at bunkersalittle.co.uk, especially with film recommendations. It would be nice to hear your recommendations for any films you would like us to look at and review. But let's move our focus to the next episode. And my pick is going to be the anime film Promare. Now, this is coming as part of the release of ScreenAnime.com, which is run by our friends at All the Anime. 
who are doing their own sort of special curated uh, film festival monthly. So it will be an online digital service platform, brand new, starts on Monday. Uh, 25th of May and basically every month you'll get four films and one series you can watch as much as you want for about I think about three three four quid a month cool which is which, which is fair and to be honest Promare has been one of the big the big ones that uh, a lot of people have been talking about recently so yes it is a futuristic firefighting mecha service that's what Promare is all about <laughs> Sounds good. and basically Sold. it's firefighting mecha service created to protect the world and uh it's it reminds me already of things like Gurren Lagann so I'm I'm already prepared for this brilliant no that's that so, sounds yes. great and, and in fact me and my partner wanted to watch this anyway so that, that gives us a, mm. another date night I thank think this, you um I think this is the last major anime release at the cinemas in the UK before everything kind mm. of went oh no, no, maybe whether you I thought yeah. my hero academia oh Yes, yes, one, yes. One of those three, yeah, absolutely. Um, one, 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 of, one of them. One of them. Who, who cares? <laughs> anime is awful. Anime was a mistake. Like, oh no! Oh, I'm channeling, don't, don't don't say those I'm words. Channeling my own my, I'm channeling my inner Miyazaki right now. Uh, so yes, yeah, so next next week it's going to be Grover. So yes, tune in and join us there. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you very very soon. I've been Ian Bolton, and I've been joined by Christian R. Allen. Stay safe. Stay safe, and keep it cinematic. Adios. Toodles.